0: If you know me, you know that I love a great wine and food festival. That's why I'm beyond excited that after two years, Pacific Wine and Food Classic is back on October 1st. Named the best food and wine festival in North America by USA Today. This incredible event features top local chefs, premium cocktails, more than 100 wines, live music, and more. All in beautiful Newport Beach. Now this event is going VIP only for 2022, but you don't have to worry because the best seats has you covered. When you go to PacificWineAndFood.com for more details and to purchase tickets, you can use the discount code SEATS at checkout to save $25 off. That's SEATS, C-E-A-T-S, for $25 off. Once again, that's PacificWineAndFood.com for tickets and more information. And trust me, this is not one you want to miss. is up everybody hello and welcome to the first ever episode 100 of the best Seats podcast the only podcast bringing you interviews with some of the most talented people in and around the hospitality industry from right here in orange county to the rest of southern california and beyond each and every episode As always, I'm your host, Croft McCarthy, founder and principal of The Best Seats. Thank you to my friend Allie Coyle, who provides music for the show. You can find more of her work at AllieCoyleMusic.com. This show would absolutely not sound as well as it does on the intro and outro without her music. And I'm so, so thankful that she has been so generous to allow me to use it and showcase it for a 100 episodes now. As a reminder, if you do enjoy this show and you're listening to it on free feeds, please uh, be sure to leave a rating and or a review, share it on social, etc. It helps other folks discover it. You can go to TheBestSeats.com for more content just like this. But if you want the best experience... You find that over by supporting on patreon.com forward slash the best seats where you get early ad-free listening to each and every episode of this show. Exclusive access to the bonus episode. Exclusive access to the weekly one-stop shop for all the tasty tidbits and news that you need to know about in each every episode, and every new episode of The past that comes out on Fridays. Um, exclusive blog posts, Q&As, and more. All of that is on Patreon. Um, and before we dive into introducing the guest for this episode, um, I'd be, I'm obviously going to do this at the end anyway, cause it's just part of the show, but I'd be remiss if I did not take a second and thank all of you for supporting this show. Being able to get it to a hundred episodes, um, is a huge accomplishment. It's something I'm deeply proud of, but I could not do it first and foremost, obviously without the support of each and every guest or guests, depending on if I had multiple per an episode, um, everybody that's come on given their time allowed me to sit down and interview them for a lot of people. It was their first podcast. Um, And there was a time when I started this show back in 2020, right? A little ways into the shutdown of the pandemic when everything was over the phone, I was trying to do it as a live stream on Twitch and the whole nine yards for those first couple episodes where it was my first podcast. I'd never run something like this before. I'd never done interviews like this. I'd never been a host and an audio technician and an attempted live streamer. And thank God that one failed because that was just a way too much work. Um, but all of this was new to me. And since the first episode, whether you've been listening since episode one, or this is your first episode, thank you. Your support, the ability to do this is something I'm deeply proud of. Being able to tell the stories of members of the hospitality community in a way that no other medium in kind of this Orange County, Southern California area really does. Yes, there's radio shows. Yes, there's magazines. Yes, there's television segments. But you can't really get down to the nitty gritty on some of those things. And we've tackled some really awesome topics on the show. And I'm very proud of each and every one of those. And ultimately, to everybody that does support on Patreon, I know that, look, there's no way, easy way about it. At the time of this recording, things are not great economically right now here in the States. Things are very expensive, especially if you live here in California, which is a wildly expensive state. So whether you are supporting at $2 a month over on Patreon, you're up at that $15 tier or to any of the advertising partners, whether that's $100 a month or $400 a month for the different advertising packages. Thank you. By giving your dollars to this, um, I cannot tell you what it means to me. It is truly humbling. I'm honored that you would take your hard earned money, however much it is, and put it into this show because I'm not able to do it without you. So I just want to say, because it's 100 episodes, thank you from the bottom of my heart to everybody who helps support and make this what it is. But enough of that. Let's dive into episode 100 because I am sitting down with Leslie. No, you know what? We're going by her official title, Miss Boss Cat, a Boss Cat Kitchen and Libations, 10 Sushi, Miss Mini Donuts, And what seems to be a treasure trove more of businesses and ventures and expansions and restaurants, she is, if you're unfamiliar with her, first of all, I have no idea how she is one of the hardest working people in this industry I've ever had the pleasure of meeting. She is always on the go, always hustling, working with her team and her partners to build out restaurants, reopen restaurants, redesign restaurants, launch new business ventures, give back to the community. She's an awesome human being. She reached out to me um, way back in like the episodes. I think I was still in the 80s or something like that, um, and basically said, I want to be your 100th guest. It's a major accomplishment. She was so incredibly kind to have me over to the new Boss Cat location in Irvine, which at the time of our recording is just about a month old, um, and I highly recommend you check it out. Beautiful space, 10 sushi, which is right next door, stunning, really, really fun spots. Um, And I was completely humbled that she wanted to be the guest it's you know, it's it's not out of the blue that people will reach out expressing interest to be on the show. It's how the last 50 or so episodes all got handled was people reaching out to me, um, which, again, hugely flattering. But for her to come out and say, man, I love what you're doing. I want to tell my story. I want you to be able to tell it. And I want to be that hundredth guest was really awesome. And she has a hell of a story to tell somebody who started out, you know, in kind of the baby steps of the industry and has now moved into being one of the biggest and most successful restaurateurs, not just in Orange County, But she's expanding Texas. They're blowing up. They're moving into Denver, Colorado. They are taking this thing national. And what they do is very good. And she is somebody that when I say hustles, I mean it. She is a major advocate um, for mental health. She is not shy about sharing her own struggles. um, And she's somebody that uses her work and funnels that passion to keep going and keep driving and keep creating and just keep building this freaking boss cat empire that her and her partners are creating. There's a reason that she is miss boss cat. So without further ado and the long winded opening, but again, I'd be remiss if I didn't say the thank yous. Let's dive in to the hundredth episode of the best seats podcast featuring none other than miss boss cat herself. Enjoy everybody. And once again, thank you for everything. Enjoy. Leslie, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down um, on this 100th episode of the Best Seeds Podcast. I am so humbled, uh, first of all, to everybody who's been on the show, but very much to you for taking the time. You are busy is an understatement. um, (laughs) So to be able to track you down and to take time to actually sit down and record this um, in the brand new private dining room here at Boss Cat in Irvine, which we'll get into, is something I'm very grateful for. But before we dive into any of the things that I want to talk about, the episode and everything else, the bonus episode, Whole Nine Yards, God forbid someone has not heard of you or does not know what Boss Cat is. Would you mind taking a moment to introduce yourself <laughs> and give a little bit of your background?
1: Sure. Well, first, congratulations to your 100th. Thank That's you. huge accomplishment, and um, I'm honored to be your 100th guest. Um, but yeah, I'm Miss, Bo- Mo- Miss Boss Cat. Uh, co-founder, creative di- director of uh, Boss Cat Kitchen, 10 Sushi, and um, Miss Mini Donuts, my little side hustle.
0: <laughs> How long? Now, obviously, Bosscat, 10, <clears throat> Miss Mini Donuts, you know, all the kind of million projects that you have going. You started out kind of before this. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. It was a sports bar that you first had. Yeah.
1: So I had a Daily Dose Sports Lounge um, and I opened in 2009. Um, And I miss that bar every day. I actually want to go back into that bar. Uh, I have a plan to do a little cocktail bar there called the Mixing Den. Uh, It's my favorite little spot in Irvine. Um, But that's my baby, and I started there. Before that, I was a bartender. Um, Before that, I was a cocktail waitress and a server, host. I started as a hostess at Salt Creek Grill. Um, My very first job was Burger King, so I went from Burger King to Boss Cat.
0: Nice. It's the Richard Blaze path. Go from fast food to restaurant chair. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. What was the, tr- what made you want to get into, I mean, obviously kind of going from behind the bar. Most people do. They either yeah. go, they want to either own their own bar or they go into kind of brand reps or things like that. It's just kind of that natural progression that bartenders go on. What took you from the sports bar to, I mean, the empire that you're kind of running <laughs> with your team now?
1: Um, kind of by accident. So I went, I was bartending for a really young couple. Um, I was 23 and... Um, not really knowing what I was wanted to do in life. I was a party girl and uh, kind of moved, fell in love, moved away and started bartending. And I was working at this dirty dive bar and I'm like, you know what? If these people can do it, I can do it. I never had aspirations of owning my own business. I've always worked in corporate restaurants and stuff. And I never was like, oh, I want to own my own restaurant. I was just like, I need to make money and survive and yeah. pay rent, <laughs> pay for school um, and then I started working for this really young couple. Making a lot of cash. Um, they they paid me very well, and um, I was I went to them. I'm like, I want to own my own bar one day, and um, the owner Viva. I always remember her. She little young hot thing. She was a singer. She made her money singing, and um, she's like, me think, like, Oh, you don't want to do this business. <laughs> and I'm like, No, but I think I do. I think I'm good at this. Um, and anytime I had an issue at the bar, I would call her. And I'd be like, oh, my God, there's a fight in the bar. The cops just came, blah, blah, blah. She's like, you still want to do this? And I'm like, I do. I still want to do this.
0: Yeah, I still like so, the grind. I still like the hustle. yeah.
1: <laughs> I told myself, by the time I'm 30, I need to own my own bar. And if I don't, I need to go figure out something else. Because I didn't want to be bartending forever. Not that I have anything against bartending, but it's... Yeah, that just wasn't the path you wanted to take. It's just the manual labor on your body is just wrecks you. And. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a constant grind. I was working 60 hours a week for her. Um, and it was like, you know, I can't do this when I'm old. I need to figure out the, the exit plan. Um, you know, and back then you don't really think of like pro 1Ks and retirement and all that stuff. So. No,
0: you're thinking, man, I'm making a lot of money in tips right I'm getting now, paid to party. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what was the catalyst that made Boss Cat come together?
1: Um, Boss Cat came together. Um, so, There's actually a story about Coors Light and Jameson, how Boss Cat came together. Um, I had Daily Dose, and already a few years in, and after always having the dream of, like, wanting a bigger bar with a real kitchen, because Daily Dose Kitchen was the size of a, a... this tape like half of this table and it was a convection oven and a microwave it was not a
0: real kitchen that's that was like the kitchen at wild goose before they renovated yeah, yeah it's basically just a storage unit and
1: like my i was selling 90 percent booze 10 percent food mm-hmm. and i was like you know i want a real kitchen with real food like i'm serving stuff that i don't want to be serving like this is not it's not you know and i never had dreams of owning a restaurant i just want to be a bar with good food so, um, we'd actually went into John and I, my partner and I, back when we used to drink, we would have, uh, I liked the craft mixology stuff. There was a lot of, mm-hmm. it was very progressive at that time and a lot of fun places we were coming up with fun stuff, but he's a Corzai Jameson kind of guy. He didn't like that small badge. He didn't like the fancy foo-foo stuff. Um, we went into a craft bar and, uh, he ordered Corzai Jameson and they, they looked at him like he, like he shouldn't, the Cheerios and they're like, <laughs> we don't serve that shit here. Shame. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, okay, so gave a $20 tip. We walked out, and we're like, you know what? Our next bar, we're going to serve the craft mixology stuff. We're going to serve Corzite and Jameson, and we're going to be nice. Um, and you know, my whole career, ever since I was bartending, that's all I ever did was be nice to people and listen to them. And I knew my regulars. I, I, there was a Harley cam at the bar. So I would see them come and walk in. I'd have their drink on the bar before they even sat down.
0: Well, see. That's magic.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we we're like, you know what, we're just going to open a bar and be nice to people. And at that time I was obsessed with, I just got into bourbon. Um, I had, but uh, not by accident, but I went to a, a bullet event and I ordered a Red Bull vodka and, um, the rep looked at me. He's like, you're not ordering that. You're ordering. <laughs> you know where you're at, right? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm not drinking whiskey. It's disgusting. And he's like, no, you're drinking this. You can't order vodka at this event. I'm like, okay, fine. So I started from the top. There's like six cocktails. And by the end, I was like, oh, I love whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> and that's actually how the whole whiskey obsession started. And then I started researching. There there was more whiskey That I knew, that I had never even heard of. Like, I always thought whiskey was just, like, Yukon Jack and Jack Daniels and SoCo. Like, I I had no idea. There's a whole other world.
0: Yeah, there's a lot out there.
1: Yeah, and I was introduced to this whole magical world of whiskey, and then I fell in love. Um, Then I fell in love with it too much, and then I had to get sober. Um, And then, you know, then my obsession still remained, and that's what you see inside our stores at Boss Cat. You know, all the whiskey stuff and... um, yeah.
0: So we're recording this um, at the Irvine location. You guys recently moved from technically Newport Beach, but the <laughs> city limits and city lines up here make no sense to yeah. me, but that's a whole different podcast. We're on, podcast. The, cusp. We're on um, the cusp of all, all the cities. But we're recording this in, you call it kind of the whiskey library.
1: This is the whiskey room, actually. The whiskey room. Yeah, the library is actually next door to us. Yeah, and so I mean, this is my heart and soul, my baby. For anybody baby. that
0: hasn't been here yet, and obviously you guys did just recently move, so fair enough, but... There's a lot of bottles back here. Yeah. I mean. The
1: bartenders want to kill me. You went, you went down
0: the whiskey <laughs> rabbit hole. I mean, this is like. I did.
1: And that's what, what, that's what addiction does to you. You go down the rabbit hole and you're like, <laughs> oh my God, what did I just do? I just bought all these things. Um, but yeah, the the bartenders have wrangled me in. They're like, nope, 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 nope. Cut this out. Cut that out. We well, got reps, rid of.
0: The reps must love you.
1: Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. And daily dose. It was very, <laughs> I am very easy to, uh, you know, Oh, try this. This is great. Oh yeah. this is great.
0: <laughs> well, I, I, I want to get back to your sobriety, but before we do that, I want to talk about the progression of the restaurants themselves. Um, when did 10 come into the picture? I mean, cause it's one thing to do yeah. kind of a bar with great food, you know, slash restaurant, however you wanted to find it. But then you go and just make arguably one of the best looking <laughs> restaurants. I mean the new one again, right next to us here over in Irvine, is arguably, in my opinion, one of the best looking restaurants in Orange oh, County, and you. this is all Machine. your vision. I mean, what thank made you, you want to dive into that aspect of restaurant mm-hmm. tour?
1: So ten is a whole nother story. So we actually came on that property because um, so our, our friend Vinny had bought the nightclub. Mm-hmm. There's ten nightclub, ten sushi, and then there was like a vacant spot that used to be a Coco's back in the day, and then Panini Grill, and it was dirt dirt space when we when we took it over. Um, John and I were going to sign on a lease and. Vinny calls us and said, don't sign your lease. I just bought the nightclub and there's an empty space. You could put your concept there. I was like, oh, I don't want to be next to the nightclub. That space has been a million things and I'm not sure. Um, Then we walked. He's like, let's go look at it. Vinny's our friend. Let's go check it out. So we went and checked it out and I fell in love with patio. It has like this huge outdoor, um, even though it was in, rubble and like rocks everywhere. I, I saw the vision of like the beautiful patio and inside the bar. It's all started coming together to me visually. And then, um, so we ended up putting boss cat there and Vinny was like, I don't know how to run restaurants. Um, can you help me? <laughs> <laughs> and so John and I were like, yeah, we will help you. So we started helping him, uh, with 10. Uh, he called one of his old favorite uh, managers from Fleming's to come over tie, um, he said, "Hey, I just bought ten sushi. Can you help me with it? I don't know to run restaurants. Like he just wanted to own the nightclub. That's, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, revenue. Yeah, yeah, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I think it was more than revenue that he wanted, but <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I won't <laughs> talk about that. Um, and then, so yeah, we kind of all started running three. It was it's a very unique property. It was three businesses on one property. So yeah, we it is an it, interesting building. Yeah, so we started doing all three, and then we all kind of you know were partners." Um, and then, you know, he he also does festivals. Um, that's his, you know, well, his main business insurance and then music festivals is his thing. And it was booming. And he's like, I don't want to do the restaurants anymore. You guys take it over. So um, we're like, sure. So we took it over and then um, grew it from what it was and to what it is now, today. And then when we had the opportunity to do the new space, um, because, because I didn't get to design 10, I designed you know boss cat with our contractor but yeah. i didn't get to design 10. yeah i got to do the remodel with like our colors and stuff that i wanted to do but i never really got to design it, and it's huge it's massive um and you know it was a big undertaking and so when we designed the new one um it was like a blank palette and so i got to re redo everything
0: we should mention, it's not just, for people that don't know, it's not just here in what is now Irvine, but you guys also operate in Texas as well. Yeah, we're actually building it. You're going into the woodlands. I mean, what took you to Texas?
1: Um, I can't take any credit for that. My business partner did. he one day came to me, he was looking around for areas and Mm -hmm. I didn't know where he was looking. And he one day came to me, he's like, how much do you trust me?
0: I'm like, um, <laughs> you're like cool famous last i words. <laughs>
1: trust you with everything why he's like well i just put a deposit down in a space in houston i want you to go out there and check it out this weekend and tell me if you like it and i'm like okay never been to texas but sure um so booked a flight went solo dolo um he gave me a list of restaurants to go to and i went to them and um, and I went and looked at the space. So that evening, I landed. I know I walked to the re- one of the restaurants he um, suggested. It was like I was like uh, underbelly with Chris, Chris Shepard. Mm-hmm. Chris Shepard is like their celebrity chef. He's, yeah, he's big time down there. He's um, yeah. he's like our yeah. So I w- I was in the restaurant. I wasn't sure. Um, didn't know the story. Didn't know the history. So I started stalking their Instagram. So I started looking, trying to find the owner and try to find the story and what food to get. And he literally comes up behind me and sees me stalking him and scares me. He's like, what are you going to (laughs) order?
0: And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) Just (laughs) peed a little.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I don't know. It's my first time here. It's my first time in Texas. What should I order? He's like, don't worry. I got you. And And I was like wow, this person didn't know me, and he just welcomed me into his home, and just, he was like, I got you, and I was like, okay, cool, so um, he brought out a few dishes, and one of the main ones that he was, like, known for, and it was delicious, and I walked out, and I was like, wow, this is, like, a really welcoming state, like, the people there are just so nice and so cool, the next day, I went to go look at the property, and it was all dirt, dirt space but these three huge oak trees like gorgeous trees just massive and i fell in love with the trees i don't know what what it was um because in the dirt space you can't really like telling it's hard but to but envision yeah. yeah and i don't know the location is it is it gonna be popular or it, you know i don't see the traffic um but the trees i fell in love with them like okay this is our home um and i don't you know and then that's we started building out there and then became friends with all the uh, culinary people out there And and that was the thing It's like the people Out there are so Welcoming And you well, know Houston, They're like the Houston's neighbors a, That will give yeah. you sugar
0: If you need sugar I mean, Houston's also a massive Culinary town I mean it's a great, great Chef food. town It's a great yeah. food town It's and, a great kind of Town of different Amalgams of flavors It's it's a very very opening like Yeah and, Open arms for hospitality And that's
1: why We went out there too It's a huge foodie town yeah. At the time It was the fastest Growing city in the United States um, Business friendly Yep Yep Yep, <laughs> yep. That's true you can't, you can't um, so really there's a that. lot of factors with that. And I'm, I'm so happy with the decision. At first I was like, oh, I don't know. And then it got the summer hit and I was like, oh, I
0: yeah, I know. For <laughs> anybody who's listening, obviously we just got at, well, we're still kind of in it, but we finished our quote unquote heat wave and <laughs> just take just that, but all the time. It's that, but all the time in Houston. Yeah,
1: superhuman. After living there, I was like, I will never complain about weather in Orange County ever again. <laughs> you will never hear any words of me about me complaining in the weather here ever. We live in paradise.
0: So obviously we, you know, the, these two spaces um, here in Irvine, where we're recording, they're about, what, a month old, give or take? Yeah. about Just about? Yeah. I mean they're both obviously completely different animals, so they should look different visually, but both are very much your babies and kind of your brainchild visually. Yeah. I mean, and the one boss cat up in orange is no different, um, which is a great location on its own for everybody in that area. And I'm sure the Texas stores are gonna carry kind of your vision and your touch as well. Yeah. Where does your design kind of aesthetic come from? I mean, because there's a lot of really <laughs> intricate details in here that I know some people may just glance right past, but if you really take the time, I mean, there's a lot of love in here. Yeah. Where does your design come from?
1: From my brain. <laughs> it's all right here. <laughs> that and is an really, unsatisfying answer. <laughs> it's really hard for me sometimes to explain things to the team. No, really. Um. Well, our contractor also is amazing. He's super ultra creative. Kent, he's like Papa Fitch, um, a Platinum X, and he, like, he designed all those trusses. Um and their their woodwork's amazing. This table is actually made from the wood from the ice machine of Orange.
0: Oh, very cool. Yeah, so
1: they made that table in the whiskey room from the ice machine, but they had leftover of it. So they kept it. And they're very good about like repurposing things and he's amazing with that. Um but these small little details of other things they kinda come from uh, my uh <laughs> heartbroken soul.
0: <laughs> I mean, ideas come in and you're able to translate them kind of with your contractor. Um, but I mean, there's plenty of times where for anybody who spends any amount of time on your social media, yeah, do you ever sleep? <laughs> because I, you are always, always me, going sleep. and going and going. I, I mean, it'll be, you know, your, your Instagram story will be you mm-hmm. running from one restaurant to another and yeah. then stopping and baking donuts for the Miss Mini Donut business. Yeah. And then you're like... All of a sudden in Texas, like, <laughs> drilling, like, DIY wood pieces for renovation and putting together yeah. the whiskey bird cages. Yeah. I mean, what? I guess I should really ask, what drives you? I mean, where, where does this hustle come from? Because uh, you are one of the hardest-working people in hospitality <laughs> I've ever thank met. Um, I do mean that in a good way. Thank
1: you. No, I mean, it's part of their addiction, you know. We, we like this stuff. Um, I mean, it's, it's, there's so many factors to the hustle you just got to you I, just, I want it i want it that bad um but i do sleep everyone always asking, to be like do you sleep i'm like i do <laughs> but it's very bad i am I'm, I'm uh i go very little 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 and then a lot i'm very extreme and that's something i've been trying to work on actually recently is finding a more balanced because mm-hmm. um, it's like i'll do four hours and then like 14 <laughs> Um, but I'm in this constant exhaust, exhaustion, or I don't know if that's the right word.
0: <laughs> just an exhaustive state. <laughs> exhaustive yeah. state.
1: Yeah. But I just, you know, there's so many things that I just, you know, I want to do this for our team. I want to do this for myself. I made promises, um, to myself for these things. Um, those are what the things that motivate me are the team. Um, yeah. I have to be present for, to keep going for them. Um, cause there's so many times that I've wanted to give up. I wanted to give up on life and, and, uh, things and like that. That's, that's, another story. My no, whole it, suicide. It's, and- it's
0: very good to, to talk <laughs> about. You're not the first guest that I've had on the show. Other guests, um, have been wonderfully candid about their own kind of mental health struggles. Yeah. You're somebody that, and I was, I wanted to bring this up that you are somebody that you are, your public about your struggles. And I think that that's something that a lot of people in the industry, have you know i've chef Paige reardon who owns scarlet um down in rancho mission viejo came on the show mm-hmm. several episodes ago and talked about her own struggles and there yeah. were a lot of messages i got from people afterwards saying thank you because it is a hard thing to talk about yeah but i mean how do you you said you're working on kind of a better life balance and kind yeah, of an I'm work, trying to balance, life balance to
1: that um but that also motivates the creating these things motivate me right the creating yeah. this is like my drug now, um, and you ask like, uh, what what keeps me going? It's like it's that drug. I need it. I yeah. need it. I need to keep
0: creating. It's the rush and the process Making and- these
1: whiskey, yeah, I can pay someone to make these, but for me, I keep making them because one, I made it out of a time in my life where it was like a wonderful time in my life. So I get to relive that moment. I don't I don't enjoy a lot of things, but I enjoy doing that and I enjoy creating these. Stores and building them because that's the only time I get that head of dopamine, right? It's like when I get to create and be expressive, that's my way of expressing. Um, and that's the only time in my life of feeling numb where I get to feel something,
0: yeah.
1: Um, and I, I still hand make them. My partner's like, What are you doing? and I'm like, I want to make it because I want to. This is the the only thing I have that makes me happy. Um, and then you know, and then I get to touch it, and it's a part of a part of me. Um, but that's what keeps me going, and I you know I continue to do that because that's that's what like I don't, I don't know. It just really, kind of drives like it,
0: the the happiness. And, yeah, that,
1: and it, it's giving me purpose, like making donuts. You know, he's like, why do you keep making donuts? I'm like, it makes other people happy, and I really like that. I really love making other people happy, and I you know, making donuts, you know, w- you know, at that time when I wanted to commit suicide, I was like not getting out of bed. And I just didn't want, I didn't want to to, to live life. I didn't want to do it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I'm so and being, and I'm done. Would
0: you say that kind of like designing restaurants and building these businesses is basically kind of, your th- it's, it's your therapy. It's it is my therapy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And my mom doesn't get it. She's like, why are you working so much? And it's hard for me to be like, well, this is the only thing that, is getting me motivated to do anything. And, uh, you know, and she, she doesn't understand. She's like, you're working too much. I'm like, but I like to work a lot. I like to work a lot so I don't have to live my real life. Like, I don't want to yeah. live my real life. I want to work and well, I mean, this what, is my life. One of the
0: biggest conversations that came out of the pandemic was the conversation about work-life balance and especially in hospitality because there is burnout. There are people that are doing those 60, yeah. hour weeks. And some people can't do that. And there's a lot of conversations, especially in the media, about oh we you know we have to change this. It's not okay. But for some people, that yeah. is okay. Yeah, and for you some have people to. they thrive on that. I mean, yeah. th- this this podcast would not have gotten to 100 episodes if I wasn't busting my ass, right. working really long weeks, sometimes driving places to do interviews. I mean, yeah. there's things that you have to do, and if you love your business, yeah, you'll do it.
1: And that yeah, and I tell people that when they want to get start a new business, I'm like do something that you love. So when you spend 60, 80, 90 hours on it a week, it doesn't feel like work. Like, this doesn't feel like work to me. I'm like, I get to, you know, build beautiful restaurants and spaces and make people happy, you know?
0: So once a restaurant is built and once it's live, and you know, like we said, this location where we're recording is about a month old, does your relationship change with the space once it's launched and once you've finished kind of building the pieces, does your relationship change with the restaurant? Are you looking for that next fix or is it nice to still look at them Operating and shit. I mean, based on the lunch crowd today, operating really successfully.
1: No, that's a great question. I no, it actually um, because I re- just redid Houston. It's because we build all these, things, and then now it's like, okay, well, now I want to adjust and update. Not as update's the wrong word, but, but maybe add the elements that I added into the oldest store mm-hmm. you know so now we're adding the library area in the, into Houston because the library the library was actually born in Houston the the whiskey room was giant it was the size of this but there's an elevator shaft that like divided it and I'm like what am I so ugly what am I gonna do with this <laughs> oh, I don't know what to do I'm like oh okay so I put tin around it I went to Home Depot got tin fake tin and put it around it made it beautiful um, and then I'm like, okay, well, let's just make this area like a little tasting area. And then we'll call it the library because it had the lockers and yeah. um, other stuff. So it was a small, teeny, tiny library. But then the people that own the lockers, some of them were my friends. They were like, I can only fit two people in here. There's no room in here. I'm like, oh, okay. So then next door, let's build a bigger library. Yeah. And that's what, ha- what happened in Orange. We built a bigger library. You could fit more people in it. But then people in Orange were wanting to eat dinner in the library. So I'm like, oh, okay. So now this is the rendition that you see. The library is bigger. You can actually eat dinner in the library.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say it looks like there's what a two, like three, two tops and a big six top over yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, yeah, you so now you can actually eat
1: that. dinner in the library. So I, it's always been like a progression, um, and then yeah, now I'll go back to the older stores and like readjust and be like, okay, we can add these elements to it. But they're all they're like my kids. Yeah. there's no favorite there's all there's a, you know always a troubled one there's always like <laughs> the one that thinks it's better than the rest and there's all it's it's like my children and i don't personally have kids so these are actually my babies yeah um and so there's i, I don't move on from the stores that's why you always see us always in in a store um and we all we're always we're always caring for it like a baby it's like it grows up you 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 know teach it things you send it off to you know kindergarten college yeah
0: <laughs> they grow and they, they change grow and, they, and they, change. they shift and yeah yeah uh, <laughs> they talk about- well it's time for a little commercial yeah i don't know about you but 2020 had me relooking at how I live and the space that I live in. Spending so much time at home really had me reevaluating how certain things worked and didn't in my living space. One of the main things as an avid home cook and an obvious supporter of restaurants was gardening. Anybody who enjoys food at all will be able to tell you that something you've grown yourself will taste infinitely better than anything you can buy at a store. That's where Ashley Irene of Heirloom Potage comes in. Heirloom Potage designs, installs, and maintains seasonal culinary gardens chefs and foodies in Orange County. They provide organic gardening methods and bespoke build-outs used to preserve the heirloom varietals that they'll provide for seeds. An approachable and exciting endeavor, no matter if you're a seasoned restaurateur or a stay-at-home chef, owner Ashley Irene's experience, expertise, and enthusiasm is only matched by her professionalism. For more information on how you can set up a consultation to get your own culinary garden space set up, go to heirloompotage.com. That's heirloom, A-G-I-R-L-O-O-M. Potage, today. Once again, that's Heirloom Potage. If you listen to the best seats at all, or read the content, then you know the motto, live well and often. But what does it mean? In layman's terms, it's trying to give you the best products, places, experiences, and more, so you can put a big smile on your face every single day. Amass Botanics is is what I use on my back bar constantly if I need a cocktail or a quick pick-me-up. Any of their other botanical products, like candles, hand sanitizer, and more, also helps to set the mood. Now, I'm a big fan of everything that Amass does. I have been since day one when they launched their trademark gin, and everything they've done since then has been nothing short of excellent. Now you can get your hands on their products at a discounted rate by going to amass.com and using the discount code the best seats 15 that's c-e-a-t-s at checkout now it's limited one per customer so make sure you load up but trust me you can't go wrong with anything they're doing i stand by amass 100 percent. they're one of my go-to brands for spirits needs or anything around the house so again go to amass.com that's a-m-a-s-s and use the code the best seats 15 at checkout trust me you will not be disappointed Yeah, Uh, we kind of mentioned I mean you guys have Houston you're working on the woodlands um, Which is an area in Texas that people don't know that obviously these ones just got open So you're expanding you're continuing to expand. Is there ever a fear that? It'll be too big and maybe you won't be able to maintain that kind of personal touch How many Um, how many kids are too many kids?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, there is because and I, I realize that every time I go into a store and I don't know the table numbers, I don't know the employees' names. Like, before, I used to know everyone's name and would know all their personal things, like, know what's going on in their lives. And the bigger that we grow, the more... Every time I go to the store, there's, like, five, you know, six new people. I have to know new, learn all new people again. And then table... Like, I don't know the... Ta- like, yeah, we get yeah. too big and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm losing touch with things or... Um, Even though I can multitask, I can only, you know, I'm I'm best when I'm more focused. Um, So, yeah, I do. I do worry about that. I'm like, I've lost touch with one of the brands. Like, you know, um, they haven't seen me in months and they're like, where are you? You know, and I, I do. But, you know, we have a great team. Yeah. And my business partner, John's is great and we have chef you know and we created an ownership team it's not just john and i um so the ownership team we we always dreamed dreamed of giving ownership to other people because we come from that background and Mm -hmm. remember when i said i wanted to own my own bar and my boss said no you don't want to do this i i told myself (laughs) i want to do the opposite i want to say yeah if you want to own your own bar i'll help you Whatever I can do to help you. If you want to own your eyelash company, you want to own this, you want to own that, whatever I can do, I'll help you. I'll teach you marketing. I'll teach you, I'll help you find a location, whatever you want. Um, and so we did that. We did that within our team. So we made five people owners. Um, That's apart. awesome. Yeah. So even though maybe me personally, I might not be I'm disconnected, I know and I can trust our team are all connected at some capacity. And we have... An abundance of meetings.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're very well oiled machines. I mean, I should say, every time I've ever been in one, or you can just watch, like the again, we're recording this at a lunchtime (laughs) service, a little bit of a later lunchtime service, you can see how kind of well run these things are. So, you You know, it's you can hear it in your voice because obviously this is an audio podcast, but I can kind of see it on your face too that you really feel a responsibility to these businesses. Yeah. And I kind of want to ask, you know, you are. You know, Miss Bozcat. I mean, it, it, is it hard to separate Leslie from being essentially kind of the de facto face of the brand? Did you did you mean <laughs> did you mean to become kind of an alter ego of it? I mean, did. How did Miss Bosscat kind of come to be?
1: Um, so, Bosscat was my nickname. Um, my partner's friends used to call me that when I had the sports bar because when we both ran it, he's a tall guy, six eleven. Yeah, I should say for <laughs> anybody who
0: doesn't know her business partner, look him up on Instagram. He's a t- him and his brother are some tall dudes. Yeah, like, his
1: Instagram's just under seven because he's six eleven. Yeah, like he,
0: I, I'm six one two 2'25", and I was like, damn. He'd yeah, like,
1: yeah. Um, and so his friends would make fun of me be like, oh, she's a boss, not you. you know? <laughs> <Kind> of, <laughs> so they'd be like, oh, boss cat. And he was like English guy, and he gave me this boss cat name. And I'm like, I, I even asked him, I'm like, what's a boss cat? He's like, it's you you're the boss cat and i'm like oh
0: okay <laughs> sure cool and then
1: i would google it and there's nothing boss cat. i'm like okay there's nothing online about boss cat. what is it he's like it's you you're the boss cat so i'm like okay so then i just owned it from then and it was just you know it became a thing awesome um but the whole persona and and of the of being miss boss cat here in the store i never know i, I it was never like a thing where I said, okay, I'm going to become this character. But I am different when I'm at work than in my personal life, even when I was bartending before. And I think that's why I loved bartending. Mm-hmm. It was like, I'm a, I'm a closet introvert. <laughs> a lot of people are like, no, you're not introvert. I'm like, no, I am. Like, if you throw me, I love throwing the parties. I love being that aspect of the party. But I don't like, like going. When you're
0: bartending, especially, I mean, you're. You're on stage, yeah, I mean, you can't go anywhere yeah I mean, it's it's stage right, stage left yeah, and stage right is the well and stage left is you know to leave the bar, but you're you're performing
1: yeah, you're and
0: actually not the first person I've talked to that is a bartender or formerly or or still does that is like, no, no, I'm an introvert at home like I don't talk to people like I alone. don't like, no. yeah
1: and i I feel awkward um if I would like go to I, I avoid parties I'm like, oh, I'm sorry I'm busy working and um there's you know, I lost friends because i don't go to like showers and all this stuff, but yeah. I just don't, yeah, I'm not yeah, I'm not a I'm not a very out, outside of work. I'm not a very outgoing person. Like people will be like, "Why aren't you talking?" I'm like, "Uh, oh, what do you what are you talking about?"
0: <laughs> so <laughs> ask
1: me a question. I'll respond, but I wouldn't like outwardly yeah. go and be like, "Oh, hey, let's strike up a conversation."
0: Does that make things kind of more difficult or does it help you to kind of, you know, be out and be present and, you know, hit the stores when you yeah, can. Yeah, it helps
1: me be out be present, but it also takes a lot of energy out. And I think that's yeah. why in my personal life I'm so um, quiet and introverted because there's so much energy that goes into it that, like, when I get home I just want to, like, be quiet and alone. Yeah,
0: it's very hard to be on <laughs> yeah. all the time. Yeah, I, I definitely understand <laughs> that. Uh, we've talked about Boss Cat at length. We've, talked, we've touched on 10 Um We've mentioned it, but I want to talk about the Miss Mini Donuts. <laughs> where in the hell did you get the bright idea to need to bake thousands of miniature donuts all the time? <laughs> and I've eaten a lot of them, so I should say I'm very grateful for it. But I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. This came out of the pandemic, right? This was kind of no, one of those, no, was this beforehand?
1: I started the donuts before Boss Cat. Really? Yeah, nobody knows it. it's a secret. I mean, I've yeah, it's a secret. Um, I started. Miss mini donuts way before Boss Cat. Um, Got
0: it. Okay. And well, I never, out, so yeah. yeah,
1: and I never knew why I wanted to do it until you know the, my suicide thing, and then knowing that it saved my life. I'm like, oh, this is why I, I wanted to do donuts. I just didn't know at the time. Yeah, but. I fell in love with this donut machine. Um, so my family and I go to Seattle at Pike's Market, and there's a guy that makes them. He has, he has a little booth called Daily Dozen, you know, over where they throw the salmon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we go every year, and I go, and I'm obsessed with this machine. This is when I was younger, and I would, like, stand at the machine and just gaze at it for hours. And one time, my partner and I had went, and we went to go visit my family. We went, and I'm looking at the machine. He's like, come on, let's go. I'm like, no, I just want to watch it. And it's just so like hypnotizing. You know? The donuts come out of the hopper, and it goes, and it flips, and it's the cutest thing. And I look at him, I'm like, I want this machine. And he's like, what do you want a donut machine for? like i don't, i want to make cute little donuts with fun little toppings cuz that guy oh, he um he didn't make like all the fun stuff he just made like cinnamon sugar sprinkles and yeah, like it's I a base ones, but yeah. i wanted ones where like you can make you know, all the fun toppings that that i make um so when i eat i like to eat a variety of flavor and i don't want to commit to one whole donut so i want to eat like this one i'm gonna eat that one i want to like mix all different i want to eat a variety of flavors and Mm -hmm. i don't want so i'm like i want to do fun ones so then you can like you know eat a bunch and not feel so bad um so he was like okay whatever and when i when i found out that Vinny does the festivals i said oh my gosh can i if i buy a donut machine can i do your music festivals he's like yeah sure so so I went online, bought the whole machine, bought everything, started doing music festivals with Vinny. Um, and awesome. then, and then Boss Cat came about. And then when Boss Cat came about, John was like, okay, you need to put the donuts away.
0: <laughs> you're cut off. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're,
1: you're cut off on the donuts. There's no money in donuts. You need to put it away. And this is before donuts was like a huge craze. Like yeah. donuts is crazy now. It's like, I, and I, it's like, it's weird because I kind of knew that, that was coming. Um, so I put it away, put it in storage, and then didn't do the donuts. We moved on, started doing Boss Cat. Um, and then, uh, so we shared a kitchen with Boss Cat and Ten in the back, and it's huge. And there's an empty prep table. And I sent a picture to John. and I said, what goes on right here? And I take a picture and I send him. He's like, oh, they just like prep desserts and stuff. I said, okay, well, they also prep desserts over there. So <laughs> if I yeah. bring the donut machine out, can I put it here? He's like, Well, it's your kitchen, so you can do whatever you want.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Perks of being an owner.
1: Perfect. Thanks. And so I went into storage, took out the donut machine, and then started um, making donuts again. But the festival donuts, you can only make one or two toppings. Like, it's not the ones that I make now. So I started playing and toying with um, the ones that I've always dreamt of making. And that's what you see today, all the fun little um, themed ones and stuff. Uh, so yeah and then I it just started growing I started getting orders my girlfriend made them famous she put them on a flight and all these celebrities started posting them um and then it went crazy I'm not naming any anybody but um so it just it just went crazy and then it just blew up um and then and then I had a, a spout with suicide and I got I went through a really tough heartbreak and I was just over and at, at that time too it wasn't just a heartbreak it was just life I was just yeah. going through a lot and I just I just felt like there's no need for me here anymore I've done what i needed to do I'm tired I'm in pain i at that time I was probably crying myself to sleep every night um just not wanting to go to work not wanting to do anything it was not getting out of bed and um I started getting orders my phone's hitting me up on dm before before I did online ordering mm-hmm. and know uh, I was like, oh, I have to get up and make donuts. So I'd get up, make donuts, in the dark, crying. Um, and then I'd be like, oh, I don't want to live. And make the donuts, do the orders. And then, you know, a couple of days later, I'd get a note. i be like, thank you so much. You know, you made our wedding so magical. And da da da. they send me pictures, send me all those thank you things. And then, um, and I noticed, like, I was like, oh, I like, felt good. So I started doing that more. Doing it more. Do it more. And then next thing you know, it was like that was my drug. I needed to like that. That was my one thing to get me up, to get out. And then I, it became my purpose. And yeah. then especially during COVID, like I, every, I was like, you know, everyone was worried about me. We were like, oh, my gosh, you're going go to go into depression again and all this stuff. And I'm like, actually, it was the opposite. I was doing so much with the donuts then. I realized that living life with purpose is was my my drive, and I found my purpose in the donuts by making people happy, sharing them with other people. People were giving gifts to each other during COVID, and then they were like being like, "Oh, you know, it was helping them." And I saw how much it was helping them, and I, it just—it was a trickle effect. It was like, okay, well, this is my my purpose.
0: That's beautiful. There's a dietitian somewhere who's. Going nuts because we're basically saying donuts <laughs> saved your life. Like, no, 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 Not, the, not the men, but did, that's, that's really beautiful. I actually, re- I really, really love that. I love that. Uh, one of the things that I did want to touch on as we kind of start to wrap up a little bit, um, and obviously, I'm going to keep you around for a bonus episode um, for anybody who subscribes on Patreon <laughs> that can listen to that one. Um, but you know, you are several years sober. How many years sober are you now? Eight years now. That's congratulations for which high. is yeah, awesome. Thank you. Um, obviously. Dealing with kind of substance abuse in the hospitality industry. It was really, uh, it's something that's always been around and always yeah. been prevalent. Obviously, you know, the, the team behind Joe Beef um, up in Montreal made it very, very public when when Dave McMillan, who's now stepped away, announced his sobriety. But this is something that a lot of people in the industry do mm-hmm. struggle with is not just addiction, but, you know, trying to, whether it's you know, liquor or work or things like that. Yeah. I mean, addiction is food. a very real, yeah, food. I mean, it is a real something to be aware of in yeah. this industry. How has your journey through sobriety kind of changed you as an owner and as somebody who is so, no pun intended, in the weeds of this industry day yeah. in and day out?
1: Um, well, if I was not sober, we would not, this would have not all happened. We would still be drinking at Daily now, till two in the morning, four in the morning. <laughs> um, but I, I feel like people in this industry and also us as owners, like, so I have learned that my addiction is my superpower. And what I mean by that is people that have addiction have the capability to hyper focus on things. I feel I've learned research a lot about myself and addiction and depression and the ability to hyper focus is still there. That's why, you know, that's why you go balls to the wall deep into anything. There's no in between. There's no gray area. It's either zero or 100 Um, and people like that have a special superpower that they need to realize and hone in on, you just have to direct it into the good parts in your life or whatever parts you want. I still have addiction. I'm still an addict. I can't go shopping. I can't eat certain foods because I will go balls all and eat it all or buy the whole store. Um, and I've learned that, you know, as long as I am addicted to the right thing, then we can succeed.
0: Yeah. And obviously opening successful restaurants is now... My the addiction, addiction of choice, yeah, yeah.
1: and be like what are you doing? I'm like, well, this is my drug of choice now, creating. So,
0: I mean, as the irony's not lost on me, I know this is an audio-only podcast, but we're talking about addiction while we are literally surrounded I by bourbon bottles. As somebody, I mean, you still, <laughs> but have that's that. how sick I am. You still have that love, <laughs> and you still have that appreciation for spirits. But I mean, are you? Do you do you even taste and like? Do you no. taste and spit? You just no. kind of just know. I don't you, even eat foods you know. with
1: alcohol in it.
0: Really? Even okay, though so they it's say strict. it's cooked off, yeah.
1: I won't touch it.
0: Got it? Okay.
1: And it's not like a thing where I'm like, "Oh, I'm worried I'm gonna relapse." Or I, I, I know I will never drink again. I just won't. I know myself. I, yeah. I've learned now that being sober because for so long I was like, "I don't have a problem. You have a problem." John got sober a year before me, so I was always like, "It's not me. It's you. You have the problem. You're the animal." No, we're both animals. <laughs> That's what I've learned. <laughs> <laughs> and, and. I've learned that, okay, we, you know, I, me- I remember too, when we, we went, did the rehab for him, um, he, they were like, you need to get rid of your bar and don't have any alcohol around you. We we're like, no, we can't do that. That's, this is our life. Like, you
0: know how this business works, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> we
1: can't do that. So, I think at that point, we we're like, we need to learn how to control ourselves. We have, we both have strong willpower, but I have no self-control. So, that's why I'm like, I will never touch it. I don't want to, yeah. like, test that. Um, and I've just learned that, you know, I'm sorry. I forgot a question now. <laughs> We've gone <all laughs> off so it, well, no, it's okay.
0: <laughs> I mean, I guess what I'm really trying to get at is does as much as your sobriety is a superpower and something that should be applauded. And obviously for anybody that suffers with addiction, you know, look into treatment and things like that. But has has it presented any challenges for you in the restaurant game?
1: Um, of course. Yeah. Because we're around it all the time. Yeah. So it's very tempting but you have to tell yourself no don't do that and it's so easy for me to say like you know because i do have a lot of people that reach out to me that are in there and just, you know, like oh i'm trying not to drink and so i'm like okay well then don't drink you don't want to do it don't do it
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but you know people want to give them to peer pressure or they want to give in like they want to escape or they want to um they 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 give in yeah you have to just not give in. Um, you know, I thought before I was drinking and doing drugs to escape, but I've learned it was the opposite. I was doing it to feel. Yeah. Um, because I'm so numb. And so that's why I think now I've filled my addiction with, you know, creating all these things because that's what makes me feel. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I've, I'm a nut, though. Like, I'll immerse myself in whatever just to test my, you know, be like, oh, this person broke your heart. Okay. Well, let me just dive into them all the way. Just see, test myself to see if I can get hurt again. Like I'm sick like that. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's, it's throwing yourself in the fire.
0: So, because I want to try to wrap up on, on kind of a positive note. Um, where do, I mean, obviously, you know, we're sitting here, the restaurants all seem to be doing well. And as many donuts is obviously still going you seem like you're in a good place personally obviously the management team the ownership team i mean everything looks good what does the future look like to you i mean what is the i mean mean—and not just kind of the next you know yeah not the next five minutes but where do you kind of see all of this progressing too i mean how big do you want it to get
1: <laughs> as big as can you get it? no you know i've never in a million years thought we would even be this big like this is a huge thing but yeah every time we get a little bit bigger i'm like my brain just goes expands more so you know we are looking into denver um, and into other states and looking to grow anywhere we grow. We want to grow into at least three areas and put both restaurants next door to each other. Yeah. Um, we also have a third concept, Bibelos, our Mediterranean concept. So we will put all three and then maybe donuts somewhere in there and kind of have a... Uh, a nice little variety but close proximity to each other so that way it's easy for us to jump around from each location yeah you can manage them um, and check yeah, them out yeah and just it's easy to walk across across and check in the restaurant instead of like having to drive you know but mm-hmm. even though we still have to do that but um, i don't know where the future holds i i know Denver's definitely coming online um, after that who knows i think you know we're looking in northern california a little bit even though we were trying to get out of california um, Arizona, Nevada, I don't know, we'll see. The, the, it changes all the time. I believe that. Yeah, because yeah. land developers, um, they're developing these properties now with more experiential things.
0: Yes, they are. And
1: we're a very experiential restaurant. You know, We hit all the senses, and that was our my intention when designing. We, I want to hit you taste, feel, touch, vit- eyes like all of it i want you to feel yeah like when you come in so and they and the land developers around now are trying to find restaurants that do that and so you want to basically
0: give your customers that same experience that's like the hit of dopamine that you get from designing. Yeah. yeah kind of all-encompassing yeah I love exactly that. <laughs> well, I again, we're going to wrap up this main episode. Um I will keep you around for a Patreon only post show. So anybody who uh, subscribes over there will be able to listen to that. Um but in the meantime, if people want to find you or the restaurants, you know, social media, yeah. website, things like that, where can people do that at?
1: Um so Boscat is Boscat Kitchen, 10 is 10 Sushi Cocktail Bar. Uh, I miss Boscat. Uh you can find me on LinkedIn, TikTok, uh, Snapchat.
0: <laughs> what is it? it's Instagram, Miss, Facebook. Miss, Miss Minnie Donuts. And Miss Mini Donuts, yeah. M-I-S-S. M-I-S-S, yeah. M-I-N-I. M- I- and, I. and
1: then th- there's two ways to spell donuts. So
0: oh, that's true, yeah. Yeah. I'm. Well, you can find I'm it. Go, go to go I'm to the her. one where they
1: spell the nuts because <laughs> I'm
0: nuts. <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much for the time no, on this main you. episode. This really means the world to be able to peel you away from designing something or launching a restaurant or launching a business or just finding five seconds of free time. So thank you so much for sitting down on this one. Um, couldn't ask for a better guest for the hundredth episode, somebody that I just have so much respect for. And I it's such can't. a pleasure thank to watch you and your team hustle and, and just be so successful and continue to just keep dominating the game.
1: Well I like watching you eat and drink or anything because I live vicariously <laughs> through your IIT. I'm like, oh that drink looks good. You're the
0: third person to tell me that in a week. Now I think I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> no
1: That's a good thing. <laughs>
0: awesome. Well thank you so much for the time, Miss Boscat. Oh thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you once again for sitting down with me leslie miss boss cat i am such an admirer of what you do thank you uh, to your entire team for being so hospitable that day kind of grabbing whatever we needed again they were right in the middle of a busy busy and i mean busy lunch service um, and it never stops. Literally, as soon as we stopped recording, you know, she had to hop out and help a table that was unhappy with a meal and then jump on something else. And, you know, this industry in this life never stops. So I'm incredibly grateful that she was able to take the time to sit down for this episode. Thank you once again to all of you, whether this is your first episode or your hundredth episode listening to this show. Thank you. Do not forget that you can get bonus episodes that launched at the beginning of 2022 only over on patreon and thank you to everybody who does support on patreon like i said every dollar matters if you are choosing to give any of your hard-earned dollars to the best seats please know that you have my eternal gratitude and you make this show happen and you are what's going to get us to episode 200 so thank you thank you to Alec Coil who provides music thank you to the advertisers for letting me support your business and promote your business and thank you to all of the guests who made 100 episodes of The Best Seats possible. I could not do this without you. Make sure to tip your bartenders. Leave nice things on Yelp. Do not drink and drive. For God's sakes, do something fun this weekend. Lord knows I'm going to to celebrate. And once again, thank you for your support. The Best Seats Podcast is an original production of The Best Seats. It is written, edited, produced, and owned by myself, Crawford McCarthy, founder and principal of The Best Seats. It's based in Orange County, California. It is subsidized through generous monthly donations at patreon.com forward slash the best seats. The following are the names of those who subscribed at the highest monthly tier, AKA norm status, and allow me to continue producing this show each and every month. As a thank you for their continued support, here are the names. Cheryl McCarthy, Serena Warino, George Pavlov, Eric Lutz, Paige Reardon, Loco Lipo, Tim Falk, Burrito No Rito, Sarah Hine, Subtle Bubbles, Jay Baker, Tim Swine, John Sanchez, Timothy. Thank you for your support.